Grace and peace to you all, and welcome to the Calvary Road with Pastor Sam Allen. Judas was unfaithful, and he ended up taking his own life. We're going to see it. Peter will deny the Lord, but he will repent and be restored. So if you've been unfaithful, it's not too late. If you've denied the Lord, it's not too late. You can make things right with Him this day. In today's broadcast, we have part two of Pastor Sam's message, Jesus Betrayed, Tried, and Denied. We're in the middle of John chapter 18, and we're going to start today in verse 15. We'll be looking at the different trials Jesus went through, and also we'll look at what was happening to Peter as this all took place. So let's listen in. Unfaithful to God, yet used by God. Caiaphas prophesied. And because he was in that role, God spoke to him and spoke through him. But listen, men like Annas, men like Caiaphas, men like Judas, they are a warning to all of us to be sure we're in the faith, to make our calling and election sure. You could be chosen by and used by God and yet never really fully submit your life to him. And if that's you, and you don't repent of sin and receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, you will die in your sin and forever be separated from him. Well, Judas was unfaithful and he ended up taking his own life. We, we're going to see it. Peter will deny the Lord, but he will repent and be restored. So if you've been unfaithful, it's not too late. If you've denied the Lord, it's not too late. You can make things right with him this day. Well, this trial would be the first of six trials Jesus will endure. Three of those would be before the religious leaders. And then there would be three before the civil leaders and then ultimately the seventh and greatest trial would take place on the cross where he willingly laid down his life for us, died in our place and for our sins, buried and risen again. Note this, all who sat in judgment of him were actually on trial before him. And it will not be the last time they stand before him. It's possible that some who tried him ended up giving their lives to the Lord. But if not, they are forever separated from him in a real place called hell. If they did repent and give their lives to the Lord, they're with him right now awaiting us in heaven. But all who sit in judgment on Jesus or of Jesus and, and, and try him and his word, putting themselves, making themselves judges over him, they and everyone else will stand at one of two judgments. We will all stand before the Lord. The question is, will we stand before the Lord, our Savior, or the Lord, our judge? It's an important question, and you should really spend some time considering it. If he's your Lord and Savior, you at the time of death and resurrection or rapture are going to be rewarded by him. You're going to be welcomed in, welcome into the joy of the Lord. 
welcome, good and faithful servant, he'll say. But if not, if you're not a believer in Jesus or you don't repent of your sin, you will die in your sin and forever be separated from him with one exception. You'll stand before him at the great white throne judgment. And men will be saying, but didn't I do this? And didn't I do that? And books will be open and they'll be reading the things in the books. But there's a book called the Lamb's Book of Life. And if your name's not in it, then you would be banished forever from his presence. So, so the question is, are you in Christ Jesus? Have you given your life to Christ Jesus? And if not, will you do that today? I'll give you opportunity a little further in to do just that. Verse 15, we find ourselves with Simon Peter. We move from Jesus being before Annas and then Caiaphas to, well, he's Simon Peter follows Jesus. Verse 15, so did another disciple. That disciple was known to the high priest. He went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest, but Peter stood at the door outside. Then the other disciple who was known to the high priest went out and spoke to her who kept the door and brought Peter in. John is that other disciple, an eyewitness to all these things, recording them for us so we can read them, learn from them, and be transformed by them. Well, he knows people. He goes and gets Peter access. The servant girl who kept the door said to Peter, seeing him, verse 17, you're not also one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. I like how she asked the question in the negative. You're, you're not one of them, are you? And for the first of the three times he'll do it, he denies that he knows the Lord. He denies that he's a disciple of the Lord, a follower of the Lord. The servants and officers, verse 18, who had made a fire of coal stood there for it was cold and they warmed themselves. And Peter stood with them and warmed himself. I want to say many have faltered and failed. Many have stumbled and succumbed while seeking comfort and warmth at the fires of the enemy, the enemy's fires. We need to be wise. We need to be careful. Jesus said we're in the world, but not of the world. We're called out by him, to him, and for him. And our goal can't be to blend in, but to shine forth for him. As he says, we are the light of the world, a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. And we're to let our light so shine before men that they'll see our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. Paul will say, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Well, verse 19 here in our passage, the high priest then asked Jesus about his disciples and his doctrine. This is a fishing expedition. He's actually looking for something that, that for which he could charge Jesus that, that will be acceptable to the, the civil authorities, as we'll see a little further in. But he asked about the disciples. He asked about his doctrine. And had his questions been sincere, Jesus would have certainly answered everyone. He always answers 
an honest seeker. He always deals with an honest question. But these guys are anything but honest. They're just looking for ammunition. They're just looking for something for which they can accuse and condemn him. Jesus answered saying, I spoke openly to the world. I always taught in the synagogues and in the temples where the Jews always meet and in secret I have said nothing. Why do you ask me? Ask those who heard me what I said to them. Indeed, they know what I said. And when he'd said these things, one of the officers who stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand saying, do you answer the high priest like that? Jesus answered, if I've spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why do you strike me? Then Anna sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Listen, the high priest on earth was supposed to be representing our holy high priest, Jesus, who came down from heaven to the earth, lived among us, died for us, buried and risen again, ascended back to the Father where he continues to operate as a high priest having offered himself for our sin, one of the ministries of the priest to offer sacrifice. He also intercedes on our behalf, prays for every one of us, another ministry of a priest. But Jesus is our holy high priest. These priests were anything but holy and they weren't representing him. Well, we join once again Simon Peter there in the garden. We've gone from the garden to the house of Annas and then we move to Caiaphas. And, and in the midst of all that, we get back to verse 25. Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. Therefore, they said to him, you are not also one of his disciples, are you not? He denied and it said, I am not. He said the same words earlier. It will get more radical as he'll deny him the third time. But I wonder if at any time in these denials that, that, that it would have come to mind. He said I was going to deny him. I promised I wouldn't. Now I've denied him once and now I've denied him again. Was he even thinking about it? Was he at all aware of it? One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of him, whose ear Peter cut off said, did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter then denied again and immediately a rooster crowed. There's something else. The other gospel writers tell us that Peter began to curse and to swear, I do not know that man. Listen. Peter could not have been more broken, more devastated. We know he went out and he wept bitterly. Why? Because as he, for the third and final time, denies his Lord, the rooster crows. But there's something else. Jesus is being taken from the place of one trial to the next. And as he is, their eyes meet. He looks at Peter, not with that accusing look we think he might have toward us, not with that condemning, I knew it, I warned you, I told you, look that, well, our kids have sometimes seen from us. Now, I believe Jesus was looking at Peter with eyes of absolute 
compassion and with a broken heart. He wasn't happy to see Peter fail any more than he's happy when we fail or falter. He was broken for Peter, but Peter had to be broken by Jesus in order to be used mightily for Jesus. And if you are proud and self-assured and arrogant and think you're better than others, let me assure you, you are not. But that doesn't mean God won't use you. He'll just have to break you first. Do you know that God gives grace to the humble, but he opposes the proud? I think he says it the other way. He opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. But get this, you're going to be humbled either way. So the wise one would say, Lord, humble me. I ask your forgiveness. I don't want to be arrogant. I don't want to be haughty. I don't want to be proud. I want to be right with you and faithful to you and used by you. Well, in any case, the rooster crowed. And then they led Jesus from Caiaphas to the praetorium. So the three trials before the religious leaders come to an end. And now he's on trial before the civil leaders. It'll be Pilate, then it'll be Herod, then it'll be Pilate again. It's early in the morning. He's been led to the praetorium. That's where well, Pilate will rule from. It was early morning, but they themselves did not go into the praetorium lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. This is the ultimate hypocrisy. They're concerned about being defiled ceremonially. Why? Passover is a big deal. This is the, the most important of the seven yearly feasts. And they don't want to be defiled because to be defiled men means they'd be rendered unfit for worship and partaking in the Passover uh, supper, that, that, would be that would be impossible were they defiled. They would be unfit for service. They would be unfit for fellowship. They would be unfit ceremonially. And they're more worried about that than condemning an innocent man, sending him to his death, a horrible death on the cross. It's the height of hypocrisy and stupidity. Well, Pilate went out to them, verse 29, and said, what accusation do you bring against this man? They answered and said to him, if he were not an evildoer, we would have not delivered him up to you. Imagine, you're, you're an officer, an officer of the, the police or the, the sheriff's department and, and you're sent to, to arrest someone and, and the charge is he's an evil guy. He's a bad guy. That's not actually something you can arrest someone for. It's vague. It's general. It's not in any way a crime to be an evil person. And there's no proof that Jesus was. Of course, he wasn't. He was tempted in all ways, yet without sin. He wasn't an evil doer. He wasn't an evil person. He was the only sinless lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. If he weren't an evil doer, they say we would have not delivered him up to you. Well, Pilate says, you take and judge him according to your law. Therefore, the Jews said to him, it's not lawful for us 
to put anyone to death. More hypocrisy because these guys, the same guys, will stone Stephen for preaching that Jesus is the Christ, that he died for our sins and, and was buried and rose again, that there's forgiveness and life in him. They stone Stephen who looks up into heaven and all this, by the way, in the book of Acts, which we will study after we finish the gospel of John. He looks up into heaven and sees Jesus not seated at the right hand of the Father as we know he is today, standing. They, Stephen sees him standing at the right hand of the Father as if to receive Stephen. And he prays, Lord, don't lay this sin to their charge. Don't put this sin on their account. Forgive them what they're doing. Now, these guys are hypocrites in every way. They're worried about ceremonial defilement. They're, they're, they're wanting to put an innocent man to death. They're saying we don't have the right to do such a thing. And then they stone Stephen and immediately he finds himself in the presence of God, enjoying what we who are in Christ Jesus will all enjoy for eternity, Jesus. Paul will be stoned by the Jews, some of these same guys, but he didn't get to go home to the Lord. He had to get up and dust himself off and go back into town and preach some more. His work was not finished. All of this says that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, verse 32, which he spoke signifying by what death he would die. Jesus could not be stoned or pushed off a cliff as they attempted in Nazareth at one point. Jesus had to die on the cross because that's what the scriptures foretold and described for us in very vivid detail. And we'll consider his crucifixion next time. Well, verse 33, Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, are you speaking for yourself or did others say this about me? Pilate answered him, I a Jew, your own nation, your own people, they have handed you over. The chief priest delivered you to me. And then he says, what have you done? Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. This is oh so important. If my kingdom were of this world, Jesus says, I, well, they, they, my servants would not be fighting. And we're exhorted not to argue and, and not to, to, to get into it with people, but to simply speak the truth in love. Our goal is to win people to Christ, not win arguments. We're right, but so what? If we can't convince them, well, we don't even have to. We just need to tell them what's true. And then let the Holy Spirit, who, as I shared earlier, is with every person. They hear the good news that there's a God who loves them and sent his son to lay down his life for him. He died for our sins, was buried and rose again. And every person gets an opportunity to decide for himself or herself what you're going to do with Jesus. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be 
saved. Reject him and he'll reject you. Deny him and never repent of that. He says, if you, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father and the angels in heaven. If you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father and the angels in heaven. Hey, Peter denied him three times, but then he repented and he boldly proclaimed him. So don't think, hey, I've denied him, it's too late. I've betrayed him, it's too late. Turn it around today. Make things right with the Lord Jesus. Pilate says, are you a king then? Verse 37, and Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king for this cause I was born, for this cause I've come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone, listen, who is of the truth, hears my voice. And Pilate said to him, asking a question so many are asking today, what is truth? Peter didn't deny that there was truth. Pilate doesn't deny that there was truth. But, but one of them repents, the other continues in his sin. They both stood before the one who is the truth, the way, the truth, and the life, who gives us the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit of truth, who gives us his word and prayed to the Father, sanctify them by your word, your word is truth. In that we get three absolute truth. The word of God is true. The son of God is truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. So let no one tell you, nobody knows for sure. We know absolutely because we have it on his authority. Pilate doesn't realize it, but he answers his own question. When he says, going back out to the Jews, I find no fault in him at all. That's the truth. Not guilty, not guilty, not guilty. Pilate will say again and again and again. And after proclaiming him innocent, saying, I find no fault in this man, he condemns an innocent man. Justice would have demanded Jesus be released, Jesus be set free, but instead he trying to get out of the whole situation. Well, verse 39, look at it with me. You have a custom, he says, that I should release someone to you at the Passover. Do you therefore want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They all cried again saying, not this man, but Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was a robber. The word robber there actually suggests more than a thief. Barabbas was an insurrectionist and had been involved in activity where people died. That makes him a murderer. And what we see at the conclusion of this chapter is an innocent man will be condemned and a guilty man will be set free. Does Barabbas become a believer? I hope so because Jesus was substituted for him. Jesus went to the cross and received what Barabbas had coming and would have experienced were it not for Jesus. Well, that brings us to this. If you know the Lord Jesus, then live for him. These are dangerous and difficult and trying times. People are freaking out and worried about the future and we have 
in our Lord and Savior a living hope. We have absolute assurance that He's with us and for us and will never leave us or forsake us. That nothing will separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. And we need to share what's real, what's true, what's certain, what's absolute with people who are so stressed and worried and concerned about the future. First, we need to live as if we believed it, then we need to share with those who've yet to believe it. Pastor Sam touched on a fascinating truth about the scriptures that we looked at today. He said the people who judged Jesus will actually find themselves being judged by him. And all of the world who judges Jesus to not be whom he says he is or not to believe in him will find themselves in the same place, being judged by him. And this is why we need to realize that the only person who could ever judge with perfect justice is Jesus because he knows all things. Any judgment of man will always be flawed. The Calvary Road is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Chico, and you can visit our website, ccchico.com, or download the CC Chico app to contact us and listen to other studies from Pastor Sam. You can also listen to The Calvary Road as a daily podcast by visiting thecalvaryroad.com. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, may you find grace and peace as your journey takes you down the Calvary Road. And your grace.